Hey, the Minnesota Vikings beat the Detroit Lions 28-24 in very, very uh, exciting, spine-tingling, and enterprising fashion with analyst Pete Bursich. I'm Paul Allen. We call games on KFAN and the Vikings Radio Network. And that was a fun one to call, not only because the Vikings won, but because of how they won it. And to copyright Kirk Cousins, you like that? You like that? Well, we liked it a lot when K.J. Osborne caught the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, how about – I mean, how about that? And that, that's something that and with this offense, you, you could tell the efficiency is just not there yet, right? I mean, just, just the – the completion percentages, the adjustment, the blitzes, there's a lot going on that they're still trying to learn. But the ability to go to K.J. Osborne and to know that we're getting double teams on Jefferson, Thielen's getting mugged, and oh, by the way, they're not even calling you know, the pass interference penalties most of the time, you get a bit of an answer. You get a really good answer as to what they did to J.J., what the defense is trying to do, but they can't do it to everybody. That's why it's so important to have a number three like K.J. Osborne. And, you know, we knew K.J. last year had a sneaky good year, almost 700 yards of receiving. And how many of those, Paul, were big plays on third down all throughout the season? So for K.J. to come back, hang in there, and make the big – I mean, the catch – could be the catch of the season. This game – is a game that in the last couple of seasons we would have lost, right? In 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 the changes that it makes, a divisional game, two and one, two and one in the division right now. It is a huge, huge I mean, for a week three type victory, this was huge. And now, you know, now we just gotta keep building on it. Go to go to London, beat up on a Saints team that really isn't that healthy. A lot of things now are kind of turning our way. We know what we got to figure out, but my goodness, these guys hung in there, and that's a tip of the cap to Kevin O'Connell keeping these guys going. Yeah, the Vikings next play in London at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against a Saints team that indeed lost to the Carolina Panthers today. But back to the lesson at hand, uh, we have um, not only between the lines, but Kevin O'Connell's press conference coming up, Kirk Cousins' press conference, and Ron Johnson's new bit called Three Takes, which debuted last game. Kirk finishes 24 of 41, 260, couple of touchdowns, no picks. And for a second consecutive game, Justin Jefferson held in check. Six targets, only three catches, 14 yards. But K.J. Osborne, eight targets, five catches, 73 yards, including the game-winning touchdown. Adam Thielen, eight targets, six receptions, 61 yards. His touchdown was the 50th receiving touchdown of his career. And the Vikings beat the Lions 28-24. Gabe Henderson and Ben Lieber with Between the Lines. Boys, take it away. Welcome to a winning edition of Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. My name is Gabe Henderson. I'm alongside Ben Lieber. And Ben, uh, you just wrapped up your one-on-one with head coach Kevin O'Connell following today's 28-24 win over the Detroit Lions. What were your thoughts on your conversation with him regarding this win today? <laughs> well, obviously he was really excited. I mean, I, I, I walk into the front part of the locker room and you know although I can't see anybody in the players but I heard a lot of hooting and hollering yeah. a lot of celebration you know a lot of high fives all that stuff and you know I go in with coach O'Connell and you know he's he's still his kind of reserved self but mm -hmm. big smile on his face yep. I think a big sense of relief um you know he knew it was going to be a grind against this team yep. he, he knew that he's like this is a tough football team yeah. like they play a great brand of football we knew it was gonna be hard we just had to stay resilient he mm -hmm. just kept saying we gotta be resilient he talked about it last week mm -hmm. how he's we got to battle adversity yeah. not only adversity in the game that they're on playing on monday night but all through the week and then today they did just that the word resiliency 
the Vikings were down early, 14-0, climbed back into the game, down 17-14 at half. Then going into the fourth quarter, they were down 10 points again, two straight touchdowns. What did you see from first half to second half that kind of helped this Vikings team be resilient and get on the winning side? Well, it's interesting. Like I, th- I think when they – when they knew that we had to throw the ball and pass the ball, mm-hmm. that's when they became more vulnerable. They had a lot of defensive penalties, a lot of holding on Adam Thielen. Yep. They were doing a great job of being physical with Justin Jefferson at the line of scrimmage, so they kind of erased him mm-hmm. off the board. But then it opened up everything, everything else for Justin Jefferson, as we saw later in the game with, with K.J. Osborne. Yeah. So I think when we, when we knew that we had to throw the ball and they, and they knew that we had become one-dimensional, it actually exposed them a little bit with, I think, some of the weaknesses that they have in the secondary. We saw that. You know, uh, Coach O'Connell even just told me in the interview that he was kind of designing some plays as the game was going on gotcha. based off of the things that they were taking away. So went off script, off the playbook a little bit, had to improvise, and it worked out. How do you feel like that helps this team going forward? Because every team is going to put their number one cornerback on Justin Jefferson. He only had three receptions, 14 yards today. But how does that help the team, help the team understanding that Adam Thielen, who had 61 receiving yards today, and K.J. Osborne, who had a game-winning touchdown, can contribute to this offense? Well, I think it builds trust first and foremost because just like I was saying, you can come in with a game plan and they're going to take some of those things away. So what can you do on the fly to make adjustments? We talk about sideline adjustments all the time. We talk about halftime adjustments all the time. Wes Phillips, offensive coordinator, up in the booth, mm-hmm. communicating things that he's seen down on the field to Coach O'Connell. And like you said, I think when you can come up with a game plan on the fly, mm-hmm. you're going to build up a lot of trust with the offensive players that, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. All right, so let's not, get, let's not freak out. Let's not get over our skis a little bit. Mm-hmm. We know that we've got a smart staff that's going to find some ways to get our guys open. Man, getting our guys open is the number one key to this offense in order to scoring touchdowns and winning football games. But moving to the defensive side of the ball, uh, we held those guys to four yards per carry. We didn't get many pressures, though. How do you think that balanced out this game, ultimately giving us a, a win today? Well, I do think that we got a little bit lucky with DeAndre Swift's ankle injury. I mean, it was, it was an issue going into the game. We didn't know how well he was going to perform. He came out and performed very well in the first quarter. But then you could see him a couple times get dinged up, limp off to the sidelines. Now, look, Jamal Williams is a, is a great runner as well. Not quite the same dynamic ability as DeAndre Swift. So I think we dodged a bullet a little bit when it comes to their rushing attack. They were not at full strength. Now, we do have some things to clean up when it comes to coverage. Okay. So many times that we have, on third down especially, they would run away from leverage from the outside. Mm-hmm. They'd run across the field. Our second-level defense, our linebackers and our safeties, nowhere to be found. Yeah. So we got to figure out what is going on there because that's two weeks in a row now. We've had a big-time middle-of-the-field yeah. vulnerabilities in the pass game. And, and I, f- I feel like the pass rush kind of goes hand-in-hand with that, right? Uh, not many hurries today, mm-hmm. zero sacks. How does that complement what we want to continue to do on defense and getting pressures and hopefully interceptions? Well, that, that definitely has to be cleaned up as well. You know, uh, we brought a lot more pressure early in this game. We did not pressure very much okay. against the Eagles. We sat back and sort of watched everything in front of us. Uh, Ed Donatel did dial some more pressures in the first quarter and, and as the game got along. So there wasn't a lot of, of pressures because of that, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. I see us on the outside we're rushing too much right in the middle of the players. Okay. You know, we're not picking an edge. Okay. We're not we're not working our technique on the edge of our defenders. Daniil uh, had a couple nice rushes on the inside spin. Mm-hmm. 
the ball just came out too quick. Gotcha. So I think they had a good plan for us when it comes to getting the ball out quick, but we got to fix those issues because you can't go through the rest of the season and not, not affect the quarterback very much. And going into this upcoming Sunday matchups game in London against the New Orleans Saints, Jameis Winston, another game, two interceptions. They lost today to the Carolina Panthers. I know we haven't watched much film on those guys, mm -hmm. but just understanding the history between the Saints and the Vikings, I feel like it always comes down to a big play. So what do the Vikings need to fix going into that game? Well, just like I said, I think they have to they have to affect Jameis. I mean, okay. he's, he is banged up, right? I think we all understand that he's got some some vertebrae issues. Um, you know, so even when he's healthy, he's going to throw the ball into coverage at times. So we have to make him uncomfortable. We got to get him to run around. He's not a mobile quarterback. Mm -hmm. We need to affect uh, the middle of the, the rush lanes to get him outside the pocket, force him outside the pocket, mm -hmm. which is different than you would say like a Kyler Murray or something like that. But he is a he is a statuesque quarterback that I think he's going to make a lot of poor decisions when he's on the run. So let's see if we can get some pressure in the A and B gaps. Vikings win 28 to 24. Another short week, according to travel wise. We get out there <laughs> yeah. a, a few days early. So the Vikings have to hurry up, recover, rest and get ready to beat the New Orleans Saints and London. So Vikings fans, looking forward to seeing you out there. If not, looking forward to seeing you watch it on Sunday. For Ben Lieber, my name is Gabe Henderson. This is Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. Thanks, Gabe. Kevin O'Connell is undefeated at home, beating Green Bay and Detroit. The Vikings are 2-1. and one. Here's KOC's postgame press conference. Um, uh, obviously, I know people are still filing in. Um, so proud. Uh, of our team, so proud of, uh, you know, there was a, lot, a long list um, of, of, you know, adversity throughout that football game dating back to last week. Um, all our guys do is continue to believe, believe in each other, and uh, we're going to continue to improve as a football team, um, but for us to be at our best when it was required and play complimentary football the way we did uh, to finish it, um, it's good to have that feeling, you know, both times we've been at U.S. Bank Stadium against the divisional opponent now. We've, we've come back into the locker room to, to some, some feelings of, uh, of really understanding that we believe in each other, we believe in our team, um, but that we can continue to improve and be at our best moving forward. Um, but I'm so proud of our guys. Unbelievable to have our legends in town this weekend, be around our team. And as I told those guys last night, um, never underestimate their power and their influence to, you know, be what our guys may need to, to see and see their camaraderie, how, how together they are still years and years and years later. Um, the great history of our team, we got a lot to play for, including those guys. We got a lot to be proud of. Um, but first and foremost today um, was about those players in there. Great day for our uh, you know, a, a lot of guys on our team who needed to step up. And uh, like I said, a lot of things we'll do better um, and need to work on. And we got a tough uh, task ahead with a good football team, um, obviously, in London. Will a comeback win like that have some carryover effect for this team? Yeah, I think so. I, I think there's, it's one thing to rep a lot of those situations in practice. It's one thing, you know, to do it in competitive ways when you can. But to do it at home um, with our great fans, just being that extra edge that we needed there late, um, but, you know, give them a lot of credit. They did some things defensively that, uh, you know, caused us uh, to, to kind of have to alter, you know, our plan that we came in with, especially in the passing game. Um, I thought uh, late Kirk was, you know, fantastic on that final drive, um, able to execute some things that, quite honestly, we didn't necessarily have up on the call sheet, but we found a way to, you know, go out there all 11 and execute. And I uh, thought the O-line had a huge final sequence there, giving Kirk time. Um, to attack there. KJ obviously showing up huge. Kirk uses a lot of receivers, and he did again today. He always says that I see 
open players, not numbers. Is, yeah. Is that, is that what we saw today? Yeah, I think it was a combination of a couple things. A, Kirk did a great job, you know, keeping his eyes up, reading coverage. Uh, they were doing some things schematically, obviously, to take away Justin, and, and we'll continue to, to have tools at our disposal to try to counter out, counteract that, um, obviously. But uh, they did a good job defensively. I thought uh, there was a few competitive plays that, that could have gone either way as far as possibly uh, you know, a grab or a tug, the way technique-wise they were playing. Um, but uh, ultimately, when our guys needed to, they overcame that. They overcame, uh, you know, at times us not having the cleanest execution, um, but situationally when it mattered uh, for Kirk to do what he did and, and, and lead that group, I think that says a lot about our football team and then love the way we closed it out uh, with Metellus making that pick. Yeah, what were your thoughts on the defense? You know, they gave up a decent amount of yards, but they kind of stepped up at the end when they had to. They really did. You know, we, you'd like to think over the course of that kind of fourth quarter and, 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 and when we were able to get the, the drive to make it 24-21, uh, um, you'd like to think we wouldn't need another one or another defensive stand without having the lead. And they were obviously able to. We went for it on that fourth down. Um, you know, obviously liked the look there. But uh, you know, didn't get it done offensive. But understanding the defense is going to pick you up. We might not have any timeouts. We might have a, a, to cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. But we've got just the guys to do it. And our quarterback did a great job taking us down the field. Kevin, did uh, it look like at some point you had a conversation with Justin on the sideline? Was he frustrated? And... Well, it's just it's just one of those things with great great players, you know, uh, you know, in this league and, and the coaching that goes on. They do things to try to take away what you do best, and you know, I think the way we we're able to run the football, the way we we're able to get you know Adam and KJ and some of these other guys ops in the passing game is because of Justin Jefferson uh, dictating a lot of coverage, di dictating how runs are fit. Uh, dictating how they play on the edges. Um, so Justin had a huge impact on this game. It just didn't show up in the stat sheet, but that's not good enough. That's not good enough. I, I've got to do a better job giving Justin, uh, you know, different you know, aspects of lining up in different spots, different personnel groupings, whatever I need to do to help him because he's an ultra competitor and uh, we'll get him going. But, you know, the first guy celebrating with KJ Osborne when he scores that touchdown is Justin Jefferson and um, he's a great teammate. Uh, although he doesn't have a C on his chest, you know, I, I know our guys uh, view him as one of our leaders and we relied on him today um, to maintain and, and just keep on pushing. And, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for how Justin handled today, but put it on me to, you know, obviously do a better job getting him open. You mentioned how you had a lot of things late in the game that weren't necessarily on the call sheet. What got you to the point where you had to kind of reach in your back pocket, so to speak? Yeah, I think it's that combination that uh, a week ago I, I, I didn't, do a good enough job staying true to who we want to be from an offensive philosophy standpoint. And then I thought the way our defense was playing, especially in the second half, you know, that we could stay in our normal offensive rhythm while still trying to get some chunks. Um, and then kind of late there, we didn't have any timeouts left. I, I knew that I didn't want to be in a situation where we kind of dinked and dunked and, hey, get up on the ball, go fast. And, and all of a sudden, we're playing to try to, you know, I, I wanted to score. I wanted to score a touchdown. I wanted to win this football game in front of our fans in regulation, put maximum pressure on those guys. The way, quite honestly, they did a lot of the day with just how gritty and tough of a football team that is. But that's when uh, you just have to continue working. Put your head down. Adversity is only going to be, uh, you know, one snap away in this league for you individually, collectively, uh, per side of the ball. And you just got to meet the moment and uh, rely on your leadership and uh, trust the guys around you in, in those huddles to, to get it done. And that's, that's what I think you saw today. But we'll, there'll, there'll be some moments that we'll be able to go back and look on and, and think that we could have 
you know, had some earlier success and some critical moments as well. So we got to get better from it. So is that even a thought process you have before that final drive, play for field goals, try to score a touchdown? Or are you just like, that isn't even... It, it obviously is, and, and knowing I got all the confidence in Greg in the world, um, you know, knowing that I, I, we put him out there for 254 plus yarders, I think, um, and he'll continue to knock those, knock those in. Um, my confidence will not waver in Greg, and, and everybody in that locker room feels the same way. But I did know, you know, uh, if, if we could if we could manipulate some things and kind of get uh, KJ or potentially Adam running, I knew we could protect uh, with the way our guys were protecting up front. Um, that we could possibly get some explosives and at least put the pressure on them um, to, to kind of not be dictating to us. And, and we got them kind of on their heels a little on that drive. And uh, defense was able to come out and, and get a stop with that remaining time. I apologize if you've already answered this, but uh, Dal Dalvin Cook, um, do you know what his situation? Yeah, no, you. I have not answered that. And Dalvin just had a, you know a little a little bit of a shoulder deal that kind of came up on that fumble. Unfortunate with him being three yards away from you know his first hundred yard day. Um, I thought he played phenomenal. I thought Alex um, was really really solid. Uh, those kind of one two punch that we have. Uh, but he'll be day to day. We'll run some tests. We should have some time. Uh, to hopefully get him turned over, and, and he's already told me after we, after we scored, I you know I asked him how he was doing. He said I'll be out there next week. Now, uh, we'll do what's best for obviously Dalvin, and, and make sure that uh, Tyler and Uriah uh, and our doctors make those decisions. But uh, what a competitor, and and uh, really proud of the work he put in today, and, and and knowing that we would come back to him after not getting him the rock enough last Monday. After the Metellus interception, it looked like you and Ed kind of yeah. What, what was behind that? Well, you know, he was he was pretty fired up, and I and I was too. I just wanted to tell him how proud I was of him and and his guys, and and I know they wanted to get that ball back to end the game. Um, so he was uh, it was fun to see him like that there. Uh, still pretty sore, old man. Still got a little strength to him. So, um, but no, you could just feel the emotion of the whole stadium, understanding how important it was for us to persevere and rally, and and like I said, unbelievable effort by our fans today. When we had to have it in those critical moments, you know, you, you felt them, you know, right where they need to be, and, and we're going to need that, you know, as many times as we get to play at this at this stadium this year. What, uh, what did you think of how many times the Lions went for it on fourth? Yeah. But then were you surprised that they tried the 54-yard field goal at the end when they've been going for it so much on fourth down? No, I think uh, I think that a lot goes into those decisions. Um, you know, we went for it a couple times today as well, and. Um, I think you're just constantly managing, you know, uh, what's more important, uh, getting those points right there, possibly giving us a short field where a field goal could be, you know, within reach, and then maybe we could be more aggressive or um, try to go for it and end the football game, you know, on the grass. And um, I think it probably tempted him a lot to try to go for it in that moment. Um, but just a huge credit to our defense getting that stop and, and then feeling like we, uh, you know, we had a chance to go win that football game regardless. Does that stop give you? Momentum, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's either they either get that stop or there's no use in momentum anymore because the game's probably going to be over. Um, but I, I think you felt it, and you felt those defensive guys coming off. You know, they feel like they're, they're letting our offensive guys go in on the field. Hey, now's the time. And I, I think when you can respond in those moments, when you look at, you know, at one another and, and you know this is it, this is when you either go win the football game or you don't, um, when you come back in with a victory and know that we earned every bit of it, uh, every bit of it against a good football team, I think there can be some real growth uh, moving forward and, and belief, you know, if and when that inevitable adversity hits again. What's it like to see 
Josh, get his hands on the ball right before the interception, too, and then just the way that he's kind of worked his way up. Special teams is ready uh, for the moment. Yeah, for sure. I, I thought EK was going to get that one there uh, as well. But, you know, I got a lot of confidence in our defense in those moments. You know, we situationally prepared this football team um, uh, in, in a way that I think we feel very comfortable in those two-minute moments, those end-of-game situations on both sides. Um, and, the, you know, when Josh made that interception to end that thing, got a little pressure there to move him off the spot. Um, but Jared Goff, you know, I thought he played really well and, 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 and kind of was a real challenge. And, and they've got great skill and able to run the ball. So um, that's, a tough, that's a tough outfit that we're going to have to see again, obviously, in Detroit. Um, but, uh, you know, got a lot of respect for that team over there. And one of the reasons why I'm so dang proud of our guys for beating a good football team, you know, when we had to come from behind. Speaking of, situation, speaking of situationally, did you, at the end of the first half, did you want a delayed game there with the ball? Yeah, I mean, I think we all saw, you know, that, uh, you know, not to, to reference uh, that Cowboy 49er game from last year's playoffs, but, uh, you know, there was, uh, there was a feeling with this crew um, of that being some relevance to them in this game. Um, and uh, I think they were worried about the functioning of, you know, which they did. They did a great job. We're going to get that ball set. But I did see um, something pretty blatant on that one that uh, makes it a little hard uh, within the rules to uh, get that ball clocked. But that would have been another opportunity for Greg to, to possibly knock in a field goal and, and get three right there. Uh, so um, thought I, I liked the way we were aggressive there. You know, we get the screen early on, then, then Kirk hits a couple things there, and we kind of got the ball across the 50. and. You know, one second too much with how that play played out. But we'll, we'll have to improve and really coach our guys off of that, that that's a real possibility that the other team can knock the ball out of your hands. And, it, and somehow it won't be a penalty. Were you thinking field goal there? Or were you, were oh, yeah. Oh, no, I was going to. I mean, I know Greg had missed a couple long ones, um, you know, or at least one at that point. Um, he's, I'm going to continue to give him long opportunities, especially in those moments where I do think that's a little bit more of a high percentage play to let him turn one loose. Um, then a Hail Mary at that point. Any more questions? Yeah, what did you see from Kurt there? I this is the first time you've seen him come back and not win a game. Yeah, just resilient. I mean, I think uh, there were some plays um, in there where he showed an incredible grit and toughness and, and made some real plays. We didn't always, you know, convert. We didn't always make the play. You know, there was a couple, I think, back on. We had KJ one time down the sideline, you know, a couple shots there to Adam where it's just competitive, good football. And then obviously there was one, I believe, to Irv as well off of a play pass, kind of on a first and 10 when we were moving it pretty good. Um, where we'll continue to our execution level, um, when, we're, when we're locked in, dialed in, all 11, um, you know, we'll, we'll know it when we start, those ops start being you know, positive plays for us each and every time. Um, but as far as Kirk Cousins goes today, uh, the toughness, the mental toughness to just keep playing, just keep leading, relying on the other 10 guys in the huddle, but leading that group out in front um, ready to go win it in the end. Um, I think there's a lot to come, a uh, lot to be taken out of this game, positive for, for Kirk and our offense. You know, in addition to a lot, you know, a lot of things we can do better. What did it say to you that Zadarius, I mean, after going down there, stays in the game? And yeah. He's a, you know, he knows those are his moments. You know, when we get the lead, chance to go finish it in that two minute, he's going to give it everything he's got. Uh, luckily, he was, you know, down there for a play and then able to come back in there and, and be a part of, you know, getting the rush on Jared, you know, on that last play. So uh, we got tough guys. We got guys that love playing for one another, uh, playing for each other. Uh, days like this are where you can really uh, feel, you know, the, the special part about what we're building. And then also understand that, uh, you know, there's a lot we can do better 
uh, to, to not make it so hard on ourselves sometimes. But once again, give credit to the Lions. That was a heck of a football game. Uh, just glad we came out on top. Head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin O'Connell. There, there was a, a, I would say, controversial moment late in the game. I think it was controversial because the kicker for the Detroit Lions, Austin Seibert, he is 19 of 35 lifetime from 40 yards and beyond, not 50, 40 yards and beyond. And instead of punting with the lead, the uh, Dan Campbell, coach of the Lions, opted to try a 54-yard field goal with Seibert, who, by the way, beat Greg Joseph out of a job with the Cleveland Browns in 2019. But 19 of 35, how do you let that guy kick and not punt? Well, and that's that's an amazing question. And, and that if this game has changed so much over the decades, Paul, and the rule changes, everything else. But that's also another way with which this game has changed. And – you know, for them to go, they've been pushing it all night. I mean, they went four for six on fourth down, 67%. That's, I mean, six fourth down attempts. It resembled the 98 game down in Tampa Bay when Tony Dungy went for on fourth down every single series because he knew that's what he had to do in order to win. So for Dan Campbell, there's going to be some questions there, and he's going to have to, you know, answer them. And he's going to have to double, either double down on his mentality of we are attack all the time or he's going to have to step back and, and play the odds a little bit more. And, and so I'm still in, in, the, in the how our offense had been, had been humming along. We got two touchdowns at the end of the half, come out, we get like a three and out. We don't have a lot of momentum. We get down by 10 points. The offense hangs in there. And you would think that make at that point, Campbell would say, all right, I trust my defense. Let's make him go the long field. Let's, let's, let's make it as difficult for him as possible and not and like you keep pointing out, that was a huge risk to let them take. And the, and you get the ball from where the ball is put down. It's not from the line of scrimmage anymore. So beautiful field position for the Vikings with 50 seconds to go, no timeouts. I mean, that that it was set up by him for us so very well, and we made him pay for it. Old schoolers, the Vikings beat a team from Detroit, Michigan, which means that's the home of Motown and the Detroit Lions. So in Motown-like fashion, the 28-24 victory has us on cloud nine. And indeed, Vikings fans are dancing in the streets. We're undefeated at home, so ain't no mountain high enough. And, and Kirk Cousins, we like that. We like that. Here's his presser. Just great to win. Great to win at home against a divisional opponent. Uh, great to finish. Uh, the way we did um, was not a clean game by us by any stretch. Um, we need to play a lot better up ahead. Um, but these are the kind of games where you have to find the inches, and we were able to find them today. And um, we'll have a lot to talk about and, and coach and uh, take coaching tomorrow. Um, but it's a lot more enjoyable to do that after a win. And so uh, it was just so fun to uh, hear how loud the stadium was at the end of the game there. and and to live that and um, and be a part of it. So um, um, take any questions you have. Do you think, based on the play design, did he think Osborne would be open there? No, no. Um, expected him to be covered and was thinking maybe Adam would rip out uh, open. And then, um, you know, you kind of go from there. But he, he popped. Was it hard to time some passes? They seem to be getting pretty physical on, yeah. especially like Thielen and yeah. the receivers. Yeah, it was. It was. They were doing a good job of, um, of in coverage, and uh, um, the timing was a little off. 
Kevin said at the end of the game that he had to go to some things that weren't probably right at the top of the call sheet there. I guess what changed the approach from your perspective or made it more aggressive at the end of the game there? Uh, good question. Um, you know, I think they were they were doubling Justin a fair amount. in double them all game, but a fair amount. And so there were times where, um, you know, you had to be aware of that. And then I think that's what allowed Adam and KJ to get a few more opportunities. Also, our, our running game, I was, I was just pleased with the way he ran the football. I felt like it's one thing to have a 20-yard a run and then a bunch of no-yard runs. And then in the stat sheet, it shows you, you ran for 20 yards. What you want is to be able to churn runs. And I felt like we were doing that so much of the game, was getting positive run after positive run. And that was, that was really encouraging to see. So um, you know, that also helped. And uh, um, not being good enough on third down, I think, was a, was a problem today. Um, you know, we've got to be able to convert a few more third downs. But then being three for three in the red zone makes a big difference. How do you think Jefferson handles a game like this, where other guys maybe got open because of him, but his stats individually weren't as good? Yeah, no, he's he's great. You just stay the course, and you know this league is you got you can't really size it up until the dust settles and we're in February. I mean, that's really when you then look back and say, okay, what 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 all transpired? You know, week to week, if you try to get you know and create a uh, a narrative around week to week, you can be all over the map. So you just stay the course, keep playing, and. Um, you know, he's got a lot of great, great games up ahead. Uh, Kirk, fourth quarter, you guys were backs against the wall, but you came up clutch. You know, did you guys learn anything about yourself as a group or a team with that uh, comeback win? Well, I think it's just encouraging to, you know, find those inches at the end and, and find a way. Um, so, you know, you want to be a team that's been there before and done that and, and has done it consistently. And so today is a step in that direction for sure. Yeah, yeah. Kevin stayed aggressive uh, at the end of the half against Green Bay, and also today, um, you know, and had a good plan of how to get us down the field. Um, so I think it, it's good. The key for me, you know, whenever we do it, is you know, protect the football, uh, avoid anything that could give them a chance to get points. And so you you got to be aggressive. You also got to avoid the the critical error. And so you're you're aware of that as you as you are aggressive. When you inherit the ball at around 40 on that last possession, often is field goal. Does that sort of enhance your ability to think touchdown there instead of just settling for field goal? Um, I'm just thinking about the next play. I think where you get in trouble is when you think touchdown and you're on the minus 40. Um, I'm just thinking about the next play and executing it and then being aware that we have no timeouts. And so talking to the guys about, hey, we got to get out of bounds if we can. we got to be ready to clock it if we need to. We've got to... Um, you know, be aware of where field goal range is as we move forward. You know, I'm thinking when we got down there because of KJ's first catch, you know, I can't take a sack because a sack would take us out of field goal range. So you're aware of all these scenarios as you uh, as you go through it. This summer when you were talking about KJ, I think you said that he started showing up to you in the two-minute drills last year. Yeah. Um, is there something he does in those situations that is really good, or is it just that that's where his opportunities came? Uh, so much of a game plan you devise to try to get certain people opportunities, so you move people around to create that. In, in the two-minute, you sort of have guys in their spots, and, and you don't really move people around. to, to So it ends up being a, a more organic way of getting people to football, if that makes sense. It just kind of happens, whoever's open. And that's what happened last year with KJ Lott in two-minute, was he was now in primary spots where during the normal game he was in secondary, tertiary spots, if you will. So um, 
the plays he was making in two minute last year, I realized there's a lot more to this guy than maybe we're giving him the ops to do. And then when you have Adam, Justin Dalvin, Alex Madison, Irv Smith, you know, you don't feel the, the pressing need maybe to give him those ops. But then in two minute again today, he uh, he takes advantage of him and shows up. But certainly on the first catch he had, I believe Justin was doubled. So you also realize that, hey, Justin Justin here is is allowing what's happening to happen. On the on the touchdown, you said you, you didn't expect it to be open. No. What are, you, what are you thinking when you see him flash that open and you let it go? Um, yeah, you just, I mean, you just, you feel a rush. So you know, you got to release it quick. I don't know, there's a lot of thoughts going through my head. You're just kind of, uh, um, you know, seeing grass and putting the ball out there and then just making sure I threw it far enough. You know, it's funny, when I overthrew him on the third down earlier in the game, I thought I underthrew it. As I got hit and I was releasing the ball and fell down, I'm like, please be far enough. And then it, it landed past him. And I'm, I'm, I got to watch the film because I'm like, how in the world is that not far? Well, is that too far? And the same one on that one, I put it on him and I'm like, please be far enough. I don't know that I got enough on that. And then it was, it was there. So I got to go back and <laughs> figure out my distances a little bit. But uh, uh, yeah, so anyways. I don't know if you've been asked this, but I mean, has it felt like this offense has become, I guess, more comfortable as the weeks have passed or is it not at all? Yeah, we're still getting there. We're still getting there. And um, I think you can see today it's not, it's not where I want it to be, you know, and, and uh, that's not, I mean, it's a good plan. It's just, you know, time on task. Every game we're learning something, getting better, but we just don't have time. We've got we've to get it locked in. I was waiting for you to show up, and here you are. I was, I was thinking I was going to walk right out of here and not even get to talk to you. Did I miss anything good? Nah. <laughs> no. we, we won, so it's. <laughs> what did you see when looking back at, like, the, the touchdown runs by Dalvin, by Alex? Yeah. And on the, the pass to Thielen, too. Yeah. Uh, Alex's run for a touchdown was, that's a big, that's a man's run. I mean, eventually there's an unblocked player, and he makes that guy miss, runs through an arm tackle. And it's just a big time run. And uh, it's so important there that, you know, you're on the four or five yard line. When you call that run, you're expecting to be third and goal from the two. And it just, touchdown, I mean, that just takes so much pressure off of our third down offense, our red zone offense off of us. So big time run by him. And, and Dalvin just all game long, you know, just extending runs, making plays, making people miss, running hard. It's, it's great to have both of them because when, when Dalvin goes down to have a guy who can do what, he, what Alex does, is a is just a huge benefit to our offense. Did you? It sounds like maybe you guys knew from film that these guys were a grabby secondary. I just have a lot of respect for Aaron Glenn, for Aubrey Pleasant, their DB coach, and for those DBs. I think that going back last year, I thought they had a good plan, did a good job executing their plan. Um, I think they're well coached, and I think they're smart, and um, and so you know I think that shows in the way they they cover and play. It's a business trip to go to London, obviously, but what are your thoughts about just the whole environment, getting ready for that kind of game and kind of turning your head into a time difference, all that kind of stuff, and playing in that environment? Yeah, it's, it's a unique opportunity. Uh, Wednesday is pretty similar, I think. Uh, Thursday is just when you would normally be heading home. You're heading to the airport, you know, Thursday night. And... Um, and Friday you wake, or you get up off the plane Friday morning in the UK, and and you're a zombie, and you go to your Friday practice, 
and you fight through that. You know, it takes maturity, it takes toughness to just be able to say, I don't care how I feel, I got to block that out, and I got to dial in on this red zone plan and dial in on this game plan and get something out of this practice. And then you go back to the hotel and and you kind of go from there. And by Saturday, you feel like you're starting to get settled and and uh, and you go play. And then you come back and you do that all over again, feeling like a zombie on Monday and. Without a buy after the game, you know, you've got short time to adjust. So we're getting ahead of ourselves. But, yeah, we just got to have a great meeting tomorrow and really clean up what happened today because uh, there's so much that wasn't good enough and um, and then go from there. London, how did you feel about your last game there? I think you threw for like 450 yards or something like that. Yeah, we played at Wembley, which we're playing a different stadium this time. Um, you know, it's just a unique opportunity to go over there and play. Um, and you just, like any other NFL game, you just want to go out there and execute and play at a high level. and. And um, you know, find a way to get a win and enjoy that plane ride home. Uh, Kirk, it's not every game that you get to throw a game or a, a touchdown pass late in the fourth quarter to give you guys the lead. Just for you as a competitor, as a player, how good did that feel? Yeah, it's awesome to be able to uh, to make those plays down the stretch, and it's just fun to see someone like KJ make that play too. Um, uh, it's fun to see the linemen, you know, the way they're grinding, and then to, to see him celebrate and know that uh, you know we got the job done there. It's just a, a joy and. Kevin said it in the locker room. You know, that feeling's addictive when you win like that. I mean, you want to chase it, and uh, and so we're going to keep doing that. Ron Johnson, former game-changing receiver for the undefeated Golden Gophers football team, he offers up his three takes, and here they are. Thanks, PA. This is Ron Johnson coming to you from the K-Fan Studios, and here are my three takeaways from today's Vikings versus Lions game. Well, let's just get it out there right away. The Vikings found a way. They never gave up. That's my takeaway. One, the Lions will always lion. I said that in the Vikings pregame show, that the Lions will find a way to lion. Fourth and four, Dan Campbell found a way to lose the game. That's the only answer, but the Vikings never gave up. They still had to come down. Kirk Cousins still had to find a way to score. He had a nice uh, completion to get him down to the 28, and then it was just a great play drawn up. Uh, to get K.J. Osborne wide open. Former Viking Mike Hughes, unfortunately, was the victim in that. He made the wrong decision, left K.J. Osborne wide open. Kevin O'Connell kind of played his cards thinking, you know what, they're going to think about Justin Jefferson. They're going to think about Adam Thielen. They're going to forget about K.J. Osborne, and they forgot about K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne, just like last year with the big play to win the game, he did it again this year. K.J. Osborne, the unsung hero. They never gave up. They found a way to win. And that's it. You, I don't care how the game went. You can say whatever you want. You can say the, the Vikings shouldn't have won the game. Maybe they shouldn't have. But at the end of the day, it only matters one thing. Did they win or they lost? They won, and they found a way. My second takeaway, third down. So third down on the offensive side of the ball for the Vikings has to improve. Two for nine on third down. That is not going to win you games against good teams. The Lions are a decent team. I thought they were good before this, but they just showed you their true colors of still making rookie mistakes. But Dan Campbell will learn from this. But third down on the defensive side, they did well. They held the Lions to three for 16. Did give up a couple key fourth downs, but three for 16 on third down to hold their offense was a great job by the Vikings defense. So, the Vikings defense just needs to continue on what they're doing. And if the Vikings offense can find a way to convert some of those third downs, this offense goes to another level. It's already a good offense, but it can get a lot better if they find a way to convert some of these third downs. But here's a weird stat. Getting first downs. They had 30 first downs converted. That was 28 first downs on first or second down. That is crazy. 28 
on first or second down. They did have a couple fourth down ones as well, um, but it, it, it came down to it where they got put in the fourth down way too often. Um, should not have happened the way it happened. But, again, going back to point number one, they found a way to win, and you can't deny that. But here's some things to think about third down. Maybe this Vikings offense is going to try to be one of the best first and second down offenses in the NFL. And I think that's the key. But third down, again, if you are facing third down, you have to find a better way. You have to come up with some better play calling. Kevin O'Connell, though, this is his first year. He's a rookie head coach. He's a rookie play caller because we know Sean McVay called the plays with the Rams. So he's going to learn from this as well. But the Vikings offense has to improve on third down, two for nine. Again, like I said, against like the Dolphins, the Bills, that's not going to get it done. And then my last takeaway from this game is Thielen and Osborne stepped up. Justin Jefferson had a very quiet day. The Lions flat out said, you know what? We're not going to let Justin Jefferson beat us. You saw the Eagles say the same thing. The Packers didn't do it. And what happened? Adam Thielen gets a touchdown. K.J. Osborne gets a huge touchdown. And they both step up with eight targets. Eight targets went to other guys than other guys than Justin Jefferson when it comes to the receiving room. And those eight apiece were K.J. Osborne and Adam Thielen. You saw Adam Thielen early with a great play design. And then again, K.J. Osborne with a great play design to end the game. So Kevin O'Connell is going to have to do that a little bit more. Kirk Cousins is going to have to stop thinking he has to go to Justin Jefferson every time. Because I think more than not, what's going to start to happen as the season goes on, if he spreads the ball around like this, then Justin Jefferson is going to go back to getting single covered like he did last year where teams you cannot just sit on Jefferson, double him, bracket Thielen. Well, if K.J. Osborne is going to get one-on-one against a guy like Mike Hughes, he's going to win nine times out of ten. So that's my third takeaway. Thielen and Osborne found a way to step up. And that'll do it for my three takeaways from today's game of the Vikings and Alliance. Back to you at the stadium, PA. Thank you, Ron. For Pete Bursich, I'm Paul Allen. That is the Post Game Report podcast. Thank you very much for listening. The Vikings beat the Detroit Lions 28-24 and improve to 2-1 and and an undefeated 2-0 at home. Hey, fellas, when we talked on Tuesday of this last week, right, we, knew, we knew that we didn't play our best ball last week, but not only did we have to persevere a week of preparation where you guys prepared your... Off, but I saw the look in your eye all week long that no matter what the f- happened out there today, we were going to come in here for the second time with this feeling right here. All right? It's addicting, man, to come in here with you guys and see these looks on your faces, knowing you just earned that against a good football team we're going to play again. All right? There are all kinds of things we could do better across the board, but what I love the most, as adversity hit, we could have checked out. We could have looked across and said, no, you know what? We're doing our thing today, but they ain't doing their job. Not one f***ing time. Is that a- so yeah, yeah, we're 2-0 in the division, and we're 2-0 at home, but we just learned a whole lot more about our team and our heart than that right there, okay? So lock this away. We got a hell of a week ahead of us. We're traveling to a different continent to take this flag, this belief, this understanding of who the f- we are as a football team and go on the road with this thing. All right, you guys with me? Yes, sir. Kirk, KJ Osborne, get a breakdown.